Yes. Oh, man. I'll, yeah, I'll try to do The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It's Thursday, August 10th. We're almost a Friday. We're just a couple few hours away. But today we must live in the present because today is National S'mores Day. Everyone loves a s'mores. It's also National Shapewear Day. Mm-hmm. Get your skims on. Uh-huh. Agent Orange Awareness Day. World Lion Day. I don't know why this isn't during Leo season, but whatever. Um, and also Disney. National connecticut day and oh man it's the democrats favorite day because today is national lazy day oh yeah thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and we it is oh excuse me it is also high noon on the east coast and we are live every day on youtube and audio only on twitter spaces at some point but not quite yet whatever you're doing make sure you subscribe to the channel make sure you check us out on all of our social media pages use that fancy little qr code right there in the top hand corner of your screen to see where we live at the internet and we are going to kick it off with the dope dad himself that's right it's rico lamite the professional backflopper the professional backpedaler and the professional Mm-hmm. steamboater that's right it is none other than the dope bad himself it is rico lamite Y'all know it, y'all know it. Fresh out that Birmingham brawl. <laughs> oh, boy. I got some great news. The, the trend for more Americans choosing cannabis over cigarettes continues, according to a new Gallup poll published this morning. The poll estimated fully half, as 50% of American adults claiming they've at least tried marijuana and about 17 saying that they smoke it. So even though the, you know, the stigma is uh, being removed, they're still calling it marijuana in Gallup. But um, this goes in comparison to a separate recent Gallup poll showing just 11% of American adults saying that they smoke cigarettes. But not only did the poll suggest uh, more Americans are smoking more weed than cigs, but the majority say that they are not especially concerned about the effects of adults regularly consuming. Marijuana Moments, Kyle Yeager did a highlight on one specific poll question asking whether people smoke the substance, claiming it likely does not reflect overall current cannabis use given the range of non-smokable products that people consume, such as edibles, tinctures, and vapes. 
But when it comes to smoking, it's become clear that Americans are increasingly opting for marijuana over cigarettes, end quote. The trend lines for both seem to be moving in the same direction across all age groupings, with nearly half of the U.S. now providing access to legalized cannabis. Lifetime use has hit a record high of 50 percent, up 2 percent from last year's 48. Gallup's Justin McCarthy noted that when Gallup first polled people about whether they've experimented with marijuana in 1969, just 4 percent of respondents said that they had. But that number has increased sharply in the first decade after the initial measure, re, uh, rising 20 percent. Twenty percentage points by 1977, and it rose another nine points to 33 percent by 85. Uh, but there, thereafter, stalled at under 40 percent until 2015, until it ticked up to 44 percent. It remained at about that level through 2019, but then rose to 49 percent in 2021, roughly where it is today. Sounds like we can thank the pandemic for that one. Thanks, Wuhan. Other numbers revealed that in the poll. Um, showed uh, lifetime consumption is consistent across age groups, 18 to 33, 49%, 35 to 54, 51%, 55 plus, 47%. College graduates and non-graduates both clock in at uh, 49%, and men are likely uh, to have experimented with cannabis fit at 54% compared to women at 44%. But my favorite category of all of these dives into the American political spectrum. Those numbers show the largest divide in groups identified by Gallup being party affiliation, with Democrats the most likely to have tried marijuana at 57%, followed by independents, 52%, and Republicans coming in last at a paltry 39%. So while Jason Beck may call himself the highest Republican in all that, Gallup's telling us that he was smart to pick that horse because without much competition on the right, the bar ain't that high, bro. But Democrats also seem to be the party of Karens and snitches, nearly twice as likely at 21 percent to report active cannabis smoking to authorities compared to Republicans at 12 percent. Another recent Gallup analysis showed a bit of bipartisan unity and support for cannabis legalization, something you don't see or hear much on the mainstream issues these days, while um, Democrats have more quickly embraced the issue over the past two decades. A majority of Republicans and Democrats, as well as those who lean toward one party or the other, both support and ending prohibition. It is the one issue I think we all can agree on because cannabis is the quintessential communal plant. And um, lots more interesting numbers in the Gallup poll released this morning. If you're a data junkie like myself, you definitely want to check this article out with links to the original Gallup poll, much nerdier, uh, raw stats and more. And you can find it all on our website, Hyatt9news.com. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street for Hyatt 9 News. What do y'all think about these new numbers? We have 50%, y'all. What y'all think? Hold on. You're, you're telling me that the Democrats are more likely to snitch. Yeah. That is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part that shocked me the most, honestly, too. I was like, wait, what? It's all those Karens. It's yeah. all those all those Karens out there that are all identified as Democrats. Mm-hmm. Limousine liberals. Man. Yeah, limousine liberals. That is, I found that the most the most fascinating out of all this. I'm not surprised by the the cannabis statistics at all, really, whatsoever. And you know, so I'm not I'm not that surprised by these numbers. But the I'm snitching one is either. very very interesting to me. 
NIMBYs. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, you guys smoke weed, just not in not in my neighborhood. And and I'm willing to bet I'm willing to bet that all of that twelve percent of Republicans that would snitch, that's like that that's like the little old ladies that just sit inside their house all day and look out of their window and like when they see something they, they, they do call and, and report it and that's just them trying to be like good public citizens in their in their in their mind and uh, that's that's where that twelve percent is coming from. Neighbors. Yep. Kill that <laughs> you like that? You like that's a good little spin right there, Rico. Uh, you should you should you should you should work on your spin. You should work on your spins from all your backpedaling. B boy back, Jason B boy back. Mm-hmm. He was spinning on his. <laughs> it's too bad these numbers don't reflect public policy. It's clear the people want this shit to go forward. That's but, a fact. You know, there, there's politics wrapped up in this. Yes. And I remembered college studying criminal justice. And if 10% of your population doesn't support a prohibition, you can't enforce it. Now we're at 50% more that don't support this, but still the policies are in place. And breaking through some of that, that's still a struggle. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Very, very true. Any thoughts on this, uh, Rochelle or Tony? I mean, I'm not surprised at all, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think that this is anything new, but I um, I did just learn something when he just said uh, about pro- uh, prohibition that uh, 10% of the population, but now is at 50. Um, that's an incredible number. And I think that eventually <clears throat> this could be the straw that's going to break the camel's back. You know, that's a, a crazy poll that just came out. And at 50% of the population in this country smoking marijuana and we know that you are letting people kill themselves openly with tobacco products with no shame then i mean how much longer can you actually discriminate against a plant that really has health benefits mm-hmm. well they, they won't admit to those health benefits yet because it's still a schedule one drug but nonetheless we all know the truth they won't admit to a lot of things right no i feel like these numbers are just going to keep going up i mean the poll what was yep. it just a month or two ago, I said 42%. Now we're at 50%. I think it's just going to keep going up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the exact opposite of cannabis stocks. It's just going to keep on going up. Well, and honestly, I believe that this number is definitely higher than 50%. This is just 50% willing to admit to it. Ooh. Ooh. It's a great point. I totally agree with that. So, what do you think a, a Rasmussen uh, poll would say? <laughs> it would probably say higher numbers. Because <laughs> they, you know, whatever, whatever. I do. I, I, I find your point very, very interesting, Gretchen. And I wonder, I wonder which side embellishes the most, the Republicans or the Democrats, right, on sure. this one. All those right snitches. That's, that's they. they There's only twelve percent. Only twelve percent stone. They didn't cop to it. That's what I'm saying. That yeah, but that's a, that's a lot smaller number than what than the Democrat snitching number. Who yeah, cares about the snitching number? The sni- snitching is, is the number snitching you're focused is, on. Because snitching is probably yeah, one of the most prevalent problems in the cannabis industry oh. in to date. This is a Donald Trump uh, guy who's tired of being snitched on. So, so uh, yeah, we got to know. That has nothing we to do to with categorize that. categorize them as the, the dry snitches, the moist snitches, and the wet snitches. What about the towelette Ooh. snitches? He said it's levels to the snitching. What about the towelette what snitches? Why are you excluding oh, them? Oh. Oh, the, the towelettes stay moist. I got dry <laughs> snitches around me. I got wet snitches around me. Mm-hmm. I got I got bigoted and prejudiced snitches around me. And you know what's crazy? This is some. This is coming from black guy that clearly looks like he is from the ghetto, right? So no matter where you go, <laughs> if you like- reach a level of success 
and you have some telltale signs of some past niggerism, it don't matter where you go. Well, it does not matter where you find yourself. You will find someone, no matter what side they lean on, and they're going to be prejudiced, uh, you against you. Um, you're going to find that a lot of people that claim they're on one side or whatever side are pretty much doing the same thing. Some people will say, oh, this person on that side on the left shouldn't be able to talk or whatever, but that's the same censoring that you will say on the right that you don't want that's happening on the right. People don't want to hear each other. They don't want to have the arguments. It's pretty much all the same. So I'm just coming from a black guy that clearly looks like he is from the ghetto. I'm telling you that no matter where you go, when you find yourself some form of success, you will find yourself with people who will just look at you and judge you based on contingency of what they think they see because of the programming that they watch on television. Because of their perception. I don't know, Tony. I don't know. After after 50 years of hip hop, man, like I, I see a lot of white guys look like you, too, in the suburbs. Yeah, but I know. You know what? That's 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 cool. But when I, I move around places where it's quiet, everyone who in my neighborhood are retired. The, the lady that lives across the street is retired. Her husband's retired. The people behind me are retired. So these people are in their 60s and 70s and stuff like that. I'm the young guy that's over here with all of the tattoos and the, and the Mercedes outside and everything else. Like, you understand what I mean? So I, I'm not giving an excuse for it, but everywhere I find myself, I always try to live where there is more... Uh, accomplished and cultured people. No, it doesn't matter what they are because the guy that right there is Indian. So it doesn't matter what you are. I just rather be around people who are older. When I come outside, I'll get a conversation worth hearing. I'll be able to ask some questions about a time that I was not alive. I'll get information. I like stuff like that. But I'm, from my experience, when I go to these places where I live, I just deal with it. It doesn't matter if I'm in New York. It doesn't matter if I'm here in Texas. It doesn't matter if I'm in Colorado. It doesn't matter if I'm in California. It doesn't matter. When you reach a place where you've seen some form of success and you're around people who are just not used to seeing you there, they're going to judge you based on the contingency of what they think they know. And I get high. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, 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 do, I, I do think there is a little point to that is, is, that, is that when you are in, in, in the mode of achieving success, obtaining success or successful, you do want to be around other successful people, not just for mentorship or for guidance, but just because those people are the people that you're going to want to network with, because those are more people that you're going to be more successful with also. Yeah, but, all, but also, I mean, it just shows, it goes to show that how, how we are funneled into one group against the other. Yep. That part when is true. The, yeah, when That's the very American much so true. People, yeah. When the American people went, I agree with you so much on uh, a lot of what you said, uh, uh, Tony, there. A lot of people, like, they have the same thoughts. They have the same inclinations. And um, if you just talk to folks that don't look like you, chances are they smoke weed, too. Yeah, That's right. Whether they want to admit it or not. And with that, we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Yes, sir. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, bro, you can't run to your car. You want to run to a show? Come on. Stop yeah. jacking lighters and get this moving. Exactly. Yeah, stop jacking lighters, Jesse. Jesse the lighter jacker. You 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 got this intro, Rico? It's Dale. 
Yeah. You okay. I don't okay. see anything on the screen. What All right. You? So up next, we got a 36-year practicing attorney, founding partner at Armada Law Corp. But he did inform us yesterday that he is going to be hitting the high road, maybe with Stone Slade. Here to bring us off, break us off with our second story of the day. Everybody's favorite foul mouth uncle, Dale Schaefer. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hey, Dale, you got your uh, AARP card yet? Uh, I've had it for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm officially older than dirt. And yeah, I'm semi-retired now. I've got a little more time for the grandchildren. I got 12 of them and, you know, trying to keep... My sanity with that many grandkids is going to be a full-time job. Okay, my story today involves Dutchie. All of you who are in the industry know that Dutchie has these point-of-sale touchscreen systems. And it seems that, as my mom said, used to say, they got their proverbial tit in a ringer here. They've been sued by a company called ScanSource. And it seems that ScanSource is the um, North American and Canadian distributor for an Asian company. And I, I don't... I don't use the word China, but I'm going to assume this is technology from China. And Dutchie was um, ordering and installing touchscreen systems and uh, all the apps that go along with it. And everything seemed to be going great. Uh, and they were told that, hey, these are custom orders. They put their etched their name on some of them. They were custom apps in them, custom touchscreen. And as soon as you place the order, uh, you own it. It's a non cancelable, non-refundable, non-returnable order. These are custom-made devices. And that's where Dutchie got itself in some trouble. It seems they placed orders for about $25 million worth of these custom-made touchscreens and stands and all the little workstations they had there with all their custom apps. And then decided, oh, you know, hold your horses, let's pump the brakes here. And they were told, look, it ain't that simple. Once you place that order, they start gathering materials to manufacture. We've got them in our warehouse. They've got them in production. They're in their warehouses in Asia. And so maybe the ones that we haven't started production on, if you pay us material costs, we'll cancel. And Dutchie said, no, 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 we're not into that. We'll pay you some money, but we're not going to do it. Well, it turns out that their contract uh, says that as soon as they place that order, and it gets delivered, they, they are the owners. They own, they owe scan source money for bringing it in. And after 90 days, if you don't come get it, we start charging you a storage fee. I know, oh, by the way, we charge 12% interest for what you owe us. And so uh, at the end of last year, Dutchie tried to pull the plug, it didn't work. And so now we've got a complaint filed against Dutchie for 25 million bucks for these orders, for storage fees, and for interest. Now, the, the moral of this story is be sure you know what your obligations are under a contract before you, you make a move that's going to cost you a lot of money. Uh, and I don't know if Dutchie hasn't answered this. These are, these are mere allegations yet. We'll see what they have to say. If they're claiming they didn't know that they couldn't cancel these orders, we'll see. Uh, these kinds of custom orders, it's not unusual to have the no cancel, no no return, no refund type of a contract. And if you've got $25 million worth of orders out there and you don't, you're not clear that pumping the brakes is going to cost you a lot of money, then either you don't have a good lawyer, uh, you're dumb as hell, or maybe a combo of both. So there's my uh, 
you know, let's throw a turd in the punch bowl for the day. What do you guys think about this? Hold on. So, so just want to make this clear, Dale. You're telling us that Dutchie owes China $25 million. Well, technically, owns, they owe ScanSource because they were the distributor for a Chinese. I'm going to say a Chinese. It says Asian. Okay, I'm not sure if they're not trying to say they're, their name they're, or they're whatever. Chinese. Or what they got they're Chinese. And they started this order. And once it starts towards ScanSource, ScanSource is obligated to pay the Chinese. And then they go after the people who place the order. So that's where ScanSource, I mean, they, they're on the hook for over 20 million bucks worth of product sitting in a warehouse and Dutchie's like, well, we don't need it now. Well, okay. We'll see you in court then. Interesting. I see, I see your eyebrows up, Rochelle. I just, I saw this headline the other day, but I didn't realize who they owed money to. I was just like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> like another, another lawsuit, people not paying their bills, but uh, yeah, it's a lot bigger than I, than I imagined. Well, one of the good parts of this is that this is not a plant touching company. So bankruptcy is available and I wouldn't be at all surprised if they don't run in for some some bankruptcy protection here from these kind of debts because they were removed to federal court. And I think they're in South Carolina federal court, which is where the scan source is from. And the federal court don't play. You see, so you may have to run in and get a stay in, in bankruptcy to try to stay this off. Yeah, but Dutchie has $25 million on their books to be able to pay this, though, Dale. So why would they need bankruptcy court? Well, but books can, can say a lot of things. They don't have the cash to pay it okay, because it's tied up other places. And you've got other bills coming due. And that's where you run in for, say, reorganization um, bankruptcy. You try to get this straightened out, get some people paid off, and come out of it as a company or you can do, you know, full of insolvency. We'll just have to see, because I don't, there's no response from them yet. They may claim, hey, we weren't told, we didn't know these were non-cancelable contracts, blah, blah, blah. Just have to see what their position is. Hey, chat, everyone out there. The, um, yeah. Go ahead, Rico. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder how the, 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 the takeover of Dutchie that we saw uh, months ago, you know, the, uh, the, the hostile takeover that we saw go down, I wonder if that has anything to do with what, what, what happened here. Well, well I, we'll see if, if that's going to be public yeah. information. And this, this South Carolina company is a publicly traded company, which then raises this to securities issues and problems. And we'll have to see how that plays into it. But when you do a hostile takeover, you don't always get a chance to go negotiate debts coming in or, or to deal with all of them. Sometimes you just right. you buy the baby with the bathwater. This is going to get interesting real well, quick. Well, well, chat, chat, we want you to participate, and, and we want you to tell us what you think, chat, out there. Um, will Dutchie pay out this $25 million? There's a poll going on in the chat. Make sure you participate. Let your voice be heard. We're going to see see how this continues to play out. My, I voted no. I don't think Dutchie is going to end up paying out this $25 million. I think there will be some type of settlement involved. Maybe they'll pay like $10 million or something, but I doubt they're going to pay twenty five. That's why yeah, lawyers so make the big yeah. bucks, right? Exactly. Yeah, they do. Hi, Gretchen. Lawyers always win. Yep. If I become a lawyer, I want to, I want a chair just like yours, Dale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still a lawyer, but I'm semi-retired, so I'm in my chair. My brain works, but barely. That's, that's all right. All we, all, all, all we need is your brain to work, Dale. You know, Heather, Heather can take care of everything else. 
Oh, thank God for that girl. She yes. keeps me from falling my face regularly. Yes. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Heather with our monologue. We appreciate everything that she does for us over here at High at Nine, without a doubt. But Aww. yes, yes, sure. All you want. Cute, cute, cute. But nonetheless, we're going to go into our feisty, redheaded, conservative Gretchen Gailey, who, oh, yeah, loves to tell pot loving libs all about themselves and try to rain on everyone's parade, even when she's walking her dogs outside in atrocious rain gear. That's right. It is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. My babies have very cute raincoats. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure that they do have raincoats. Oh, my do. God. Do they have little booties, too? No. Little galoshes? Where do you find rain boots for pit bulls? You can find them. However, my babies do not wear the shoes. They don't stay on. They make you, them walk fun. You got you to put some rubber them. bands around their hooves. You know what I'm saying? They don't have hooves. They're not horses. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you got to put oh, a like, dollar bill. Pause, Jason. Too, Jason. All right. Anyway, stop talking about my babies, my sweet little fur babies. Anyway. uh, What am I doing? Oh, my headline. New York's first marijuana farmers market will open this week. Regulators announce. New York's first marijuana farmers market will open on Thursday, which is, I guess, today. In the Hudson Valley, state regulators announced about one month, one month after the Cannabis Control Board started accepting applications for the new Cannabis Growers Showcases program. Regulators said in a press release yesterday that High Falls Canna has been cleared to launch this week and start serving adult consumers at an open market in New Paltz. Uh, licensed growers Queen Farms and Empire Farm 1830, as well as the retailer Legacy Dispensers, will also be on site to sell their cannabis products. The farmer's market will be open in the New Paul's Municipal parking lot from 4 to 8 p.m. Thursday on Fridays from 1 to 8, also on Saturdays. This will continue uh, to place each week until the end of the year or a traditional retailer opens in the village. A press conference is scheduled for Thursday to mark the first ever opening. Featuring the mayor and deputy mayor of New Paul's, New York Office of Cannabis Management staff, and marijuana business entrepreneurs. Under the current rules, the marijuana farmer's market will take place up until January 1, 2024, as the state works to get more traditional retailers open. Applications are still being accepted through December 1, 2023. To receive approval for the CGS, applicants must demonstrate that they have at least three licensed adult-use cannabis cultivators and one conditional retail licensee. For every three additional cultivators, another provisional vendor must be included at the event. At least initially, on-site consumption will be prohibited because permitting people to use marijuana at the markets would require additional permitting from the State Department of Public Health. Also, organizers will have to ensure that alcohol isn't being sold at the events. Farmers could see municipal approval and hold the farmers markets on their own property or they could seek to join other events like concerts, fairs, and festivals that are being separately organized. OCM released templates of approval letters for municipalities and associated events, along with the applications last month. It has also provided inventory lists, attestation letters for CGS licensees, and sample diagrams showing how events can be physically laid out. Um, I think this is a wonderful day for New York. I love a good farmer's market. What the hell? They can't open anything with uh, the brick and mortar. Might as well just let them open up in parking lots. Discretion for High at Nine News. 
<laughs> Let them open up a parking lot, Gretchen. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think someone's going to rob this place. Someone's going to rob Aww. this place for sure. You're going to have all the legacy no, operators mad no, about no. it. I'm a New Yorker, and I'm going to tell you, it's going to be hard for them to rob a farmer's market in New York. Uh, I think that this is very good for New York. I think this is very, very good for New York. This is great for New York. This is good for people who are cultivating marijuana. And um, it allows people to go there, actually maybe buy some clones and start their own processes. And it opens up a door for people to learn how to cultivate marijuana on a more personal scale. I think this is very, very good for New York. I think this is going to be beneficial. Or when you go to New York now, it all smells like weed. As soon as you land at the airport, as soon as you get out of LaGuardia or Kennedy, you just it just smells like weed. It's just I think that is going to be good for New York. I cannot see this being bad. It's a lot better than what it used to smell like. I think New York smells like weed is already an upgrade from what it used to smell when I, when I land there. So I'm happy about that. Farmers markets the way it should be. I'm happy about that. We report, we reported on this back in June when they were first talking about it. I'm happy to see it finally happening. Um, I, is it is it just? I, I said it's it's just down to six, five or six people. That's all they got licensed. That's it's, all they got licensed. Three, it's three groups that are participating. But in order to participate, you have to have three cultivators uh, at least going through your store. So. Right. It could be I more. They could have more than just three cultivators. I hope to see this right more. Now. I hope this to is, see. I hope they stick with it, even after they open stores. Hold on. How 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 are these guys really going to compete with the trap? With these high prices, high taxes, old weed, year old weed. When you have you know maybe like three months old weed in all these trap shops and no taxes. Uh, Jason, I don't uh, know why you have to be such Debbie Downer all the time. Because I just no, speak no, the no, truth. No. Right, so on. let me explain to you This is the current climate right now. So a lot of Arab, uh, Arab individuals who own corner stores in New York City have been waiting for this moment and salivating at the mouth. They've had land in California where they've been growing this stuff for the longest and already getting into New York. And now that it's legal, they can do it through their business. They can legitimately ship it. It's not a problem with them shipping it now. It's like it's uh, it's, they're going to get they're going to they, they have some great plants in New York right now. I mean, great strands. And I mean, a lot of Delta 8 infused stuff. But I mean, for the most part, as far as the flower is concerned, New York City has always been a place where they, we, we call designer weed. So we're looking for the best of the best, the, the, the highest strains, the most potent strains. Like even when I was selling marijuana, like my clients would kick back some premium packs, but only because it just didn't have a specific look. You know, it needs to have the look, the smell, and the kick. Like, it's just different. Like, believe it or not, I believe the New York smokers, New York City smokers are a lot more bougie than California smokers. Not, not a chance. Not a chance, Listen, bro. Not a Tony, chance. Tony, quick question, quick question. Do you see people going all the way to New Paul's for some cannabis? For outdoor cannabis? No. No. Exactly. No. But I can see people going there um, because... It's cannabis. You know what I mean? Like I can see people going there because it's an open market and they may think that it might be something that it's not. And then maybe they could become interested in something more. But I do believe that the Arabs might mess around and start going there. You you be surprised because these guys are really trying to corner the market. And when it comes to marijuana in New York, the Arabs are really on their on their ones and twos. And Jason, I'm telling you, you may be a bougie smoker, but. I mean, I've sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds of weed. And everyone in New York, I've I got guys in California who would take packs. It's nothing. 
and guys in New York who wouldn't even look at it. I, I, I get it. There, there, there is there is some picky smokers out there in New York. I'll agree with you on that. But the overall smoker in New York is not picky, okay? Because they've been smoking uh-huh. outdoor California weed forever. No, and now they, you know what they're gonna call that? They're gonna call that block work. That's we call it. They call it. We call we call it boof. <laughs> we call it boof out here. They're gonna be like, yo, don't don't bring that. Yeah, out there they call it boof out there. I, mm-hmm. I lived in Stockton, California for three years, bro. I, yeah, I that's know. that's the Trust land me, of boof weed right there, Stockton, California. That's the Bammer Kingpin heaven right there. I also lived in Orange County. They got some boof there too. So. I mean, Orange County. Yeah, you're not gonna find a lot of good weed in Orange County unless you know a couple good people out there. But other than all right, that. regardless of all this bullshit, um, I would I think it'll be interesting to see how many of these other farmer markets pop up. Um, if this will really start being a thing. I think it I think it could really expand across um, the areas across New York because people want to get cannabis. They got nowhere to get it because they only have 20 dispensaries open in the whole state. Um, I'd love to see if one opens up in, you know, Union Square, a nice little farmer's market. We'll see. <laughs> You're such uh, a dreamer, Gretchen. <laughs> I am a dreamer, Jason Beck. This is what this indus- industry needs is a little dreams and hope, not little, your bullshit little, booth. Little dreams sad, and hope. Sad, oh. indoor weed that you be little, pushing. Little, 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 little tea party <laughs> over here. A little tea party of hope, serving up hope with honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to go to it. I've been to a cannabis farmer's market. It was out in California. I don't think it was really on the up and up. However, I think uh, New York, it would be nice to see that happening. I think it's going to be a wonderful day and a wonderful photo op for all those New York politicians. Let me tell you something, Gretchen. Anytime you're in New York, you let me know and I will get you into whatever no. farmer's market is actually really happening out there in New York. Okay? Because there, there is one every single day. I trust you for an East Coast connection? Absolutely not. Go away. I'm telling you, girl. My reach is long, girl. Long game on the reach game. Oh, I don't want to know. I think there's great news for the, for the New Yorkers. However, I think it's very peculiar that they try to they try to prop up this uh, farmer's market story every time some bad news yeah, they do in New York. Yeah, they do, and and, and they flip flop on this story. This 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 this. I think this story is flip flop more than you have, Rico. How is this story flip flopping? Well, because the first they came out talking about they were going to have the farmers market, and then they flip flopped and they reversed it. They said it's not happening, and then they came out again and said it is happening, and then now we have this story. I'm referring and- to today's story. I would love to see what what the news is after today. I'd like to see the press conference. I think it'll be a, a fantastic day. I'm, I'm willing to bet. See- Happy people purchasing cannabis and the fresh air of wonderful new Pauls. I'm willing to bet Pauls. there'll be some some oh, some addendum to the current lawsuit going on that drops today that bans this farmer's market yeah, and stops yeah, yeah. rains on the whole parade. All right, you big baby. Mm-hmm, All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't, you owe me money, don't you? <laughs> uh, you know, with that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Oh, and we're back. Whatever you're doing, make sure you hit that like button. It helps us with our 
algorithm over here. Make sure you're participating in the chats because we want to hear what you guys think in regards uh, on these little polls. And also, too, make sure you check out our website, www.hyatt9news.com, where you can read all of the stories that are covered here today and every day and educate yourself. And make sure you share the stories with your friends share the channel with your friends because we believe that organic growth is the best growth. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Up next, she is a cannabis and psychedelics reporter and editor over at Green State. <laughs> Y'all know who it is. The Minnesota mama herself, Rochelle Gordon. Thank you, Rico. Thanks, everyone. Um, today, my story comes from Texas. Apparently, a restaurant down there has implemented a an anti-cannabis policy which has gone viral. So... Let's dive in. Cannabis aroma can be contentious. In legal marijuana markets, the pungent scent is often a major sticking point from required air filtration to legal cases regarding consumption in apartments. The plant's odor comes into question frequently. In other places, the smell of weed can be enough for police to conduct searches. And apparently in Texas, it may also lead to discrimination. According to a report in the Dallas Observer, an East Dallas restaurant has seen a social media firestorm ignited over its policy on pot-smoking patrons. Say that three times fast. The door of E-Bar Tex-Mex reads, If you have the smell of marijuana on you, we will not serve you. And this restaurant's anti-cannabis policy has been in place for a number of years. It only recently went viral after a visitor posted on Facebook. According to Texas law, businesses have the right to deny service as long as they do not violate local anti-discrimination laws. So while a restaurant cannot exclude people based on race, national origin, or gender, being a cannabis consumer is not protected. Since E-Bar Tex-Mex has a clearly placed sign informing potential guests of their distaste for pot smokers, the exclusion of marijuana odor is permitted under local law. So essentially, if they post a sign saying, we will not serve you, Apparently that is uh, acceptable. The restaurant owner, Ernie Canlanta, told the Dallas Observer that the issue is twofold. First, the aroma of cannabis may be a distraction for other patrons. He said, quote, people reeking of marijuana, it just ruins everybody's experience around them. You can't possibly have a great meal with someone who has that much odor, he told the paper. <laughs> Despite the extremely subjective nature of Quinlanta's initial reasoning, his follow-up made a tiny bit more sense. He said, quote, If you are reeking of marijuana, then you're already under the influence. He reportedly argued that adding his staff is taught not to serve alcohol to people who are clearly intoxicated, so I guess why should they serve food to people who are high? Question. 
The case of this Texas restaurant is just a small example of the continued battle for equanimity among cannabis consumers. While relatively low stakes, the story shines a light on a broader conversation around paper-thin excuses for blatant discrimination. Typically, people of color are far more likely to be victims of these types of systemic prejudices, whether based on how you smell or how you dress. The bottom line is that people are still searching for ways to perpetuate inequalities that have existed for generations. Michelle Gordon reporting for Hyatt 9 from Green State. What do you guys think about these anti-cannabis odor policies? Have you seen them elsewhere? How are they excuses for, for discriminating against other populations? Well, here, here's the thing. I, I wonder if they have the same policy if, like, some, some stanky homeless person walks in there. Are they not going to serve them, too, if they have the money to pay for their meal and base it off of their or, smell? Or, or, or cigarettes. I mean, that's way more offensive than, than cannabis. Very and true. And I feel like it sticks to you more. It gives off a way more offensive smell. And there's no sign about that. This is just blatant, blatant nonsense. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Because I take, I, I'll take a year off from smoking. I'll take six months off from smoking. And when you stop smoking, the pungent odor of the smoke can be distasteful. It's just honest to God. Like, I'm somebody who loves pot. Uh, I'm, I'm currently, um, you know, indulging in uh, marijuana. I'm telling you now, it can be pungent. Someone could have their kid there. They could be really, really, really Christian. They could be really, really, really Islamic. They might find it offensive, you know. So for somebody having a business, he, he could have the rules the way he wants to have the rules. And, and someone said that cigarettes stink more than marijuana on the breath of a person. Yes. When someone's smoking a cigarette and they're talking to you, you're like, On their wow, skin, bro. Horrible. On their skin, too. But, but you know what? It's, it doesn't it doesn't linger as much on the clothing though as I know marijuana does. Like I don't even I don't know like, about all that. Like I don't I don't know about all that. One. Everything just to make sure that the smoke doesn't all, travel through my I house. don't know about all that and, one, bro. Not I'm just saying, listen, I can't I can't I can't openly say that this guy's wrong for saying it because yo, look, if you come here and I don't want you smelling like pot, it's my rules, it's my business. Is a, if it's a sign on on the on the on the door saying you cannot come in here smell like marijuana, then you shouldn't even be trying to go there smell like marijuana. And how and even how the video came out, it came out where it's triggering to people. See, a lot of this stuff could be it could be bad, man, because then you know some people out there are really fanatical. People will start attacking people just because of their color, just because they think that they're you know it's just it gets it gets to a point where. We're watching stories and we're told we need to make a judgment on a story that doesn't really tell you everything. Is this guy being a stick up the butt? Yeah, I believe he is. I totally believe he is. By the end of the day, if he has a sign that was up there before you got there that said, don't come here smelling like marijuana and you still went and you did that and he said, no, you can't come in there. It's his business. So I, I'm willing to bet that this that this uh, restaurant is uh, is subsidized by Project Sam. And I would love to go to this restaurant just to see who's going to be in there. And I would pay with cash and then tip with weed. <laughs> well, back in the day, you want, to undercover, you want to do an undercover? You want to go? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I want to go there. Yeah. I want to go there and. Do, yeah. I want to go there and do this. Yes. We're doing an undercover story, y'all. Yes. Yes. I, I, yes. We're going I to agree Dallas. That it back is the, uh, the prerogative of the business owner to do what he wants. Um, 
And but if you look at any story of public complaints about cannabis consumption, they're always complaining about the smell. It's not it's not the smoke. It's not it's always the smell that people are getting all up in arms about. So I, I agree that I think if this guy does not want that in his business, it's his business to determine that. If you're walking in a restaurant and they're smelling this pot I just smoked and not the food, then fuck that restaurant. That's what I'm saying. Well, where is guys, this re- restaurant located? In Dallas. 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 Dallas, Texas. You guys have the luxury of living in an era when smoking weed still is semi-legal. Back in the day when it wasn't, you just took Visine and some cologne along with exactly. you. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, dude, this guy, you walk in with the Visine and cologne on, and it's like, I don't smell like weed, but I'm higher in a fucking kite. So now what are you going to do? Yeah, I just, I'm just allergic to all this, uh, all this, uh, what, what are those things called? Tumbleweed out here. You know what I mean? Out here yeah. in the great state of Texas and got my eyes all red. Oh, oh man. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? We're going to, we're going to keep it moving. We, Oh, oh, we have a new poll up there. Is it fair to refuse service over smell of weed smoke? So make sure, chat, you go in there and uh, and, and let your voice be heard. Send send a send a thing, whatever. Send put your opinion up. But nonetheless, we're gonna keep this rolling. Coming up next, that's right. Oh boy, I hope you guys are ready. That's right. It is the voice that Joe Biden would love to silence for even acknowledging it exists. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Tony Montaga. I am very, very happy to be here with all of you guys out there watching. Shout out to all my co-hosts that are currently on the panel. And today's story is two ugly women. And and I'm going to say this, not because of appearance, even though they're ugly in appearance, this is about the inside. Before I start this story, I'm going to say something. It's something that every last one of us all can agree on, is that the kids should not be messed with, and we have all a responsibility to make sure we protect the children. So the persons that I am reading, if they're guilty, I hope that they're slapped with a punishment that is so harsh that it just doesn't want anyone ever to do this again. Two women arrested for forcing seven-year-old to take THC-infused gummies, smoke THC pen, officials say. That's why I said allegedly. Floyd County, Georgia. Two women have been arrested after officials say they forced a child to ingest marijuana. According to an arrest report obtained by Channel 2 Action News, Floyd County deputies were calling to investigate a case involving child cruelty. Authorities said that Nicole Lucille Rinker and Raquel Price gave a seven-year-old a THC gummy and THC vape pen and made her smoke it. According to the report, the seven-year-old told them she did not want to ingest the drugs, but uh, she did not want to ingest the drugs because she didn't like how they made her feel. So, uh, sidebar, this would mean that they've had her do this previously before. Medical staff confirmed in the report that the child suffered from an underlying medical condition. They did not say what the effects of the TAC would have on the condition. Interesting. Hold on. Oh, that's the end of the story. That's it. This is this is crazy. And and these 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 two people look just look crazy. Just personally. Oh. They, they 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 look crazy. And this doesn't surprise me. Like, 
you can see you can see like the sores on their faces from drug use and different stuff like this is not a surprise i think this is atrocious that they gave a child and, and forced them to take this this is just this is this is just ridiculous and this type of stuff needs to stop because it makes cannabis people all over look terrible I also think that the reason why they didn't say the relation of these two women to this little girl is because clearly they have a romantic involvement. I'm insinuating this, and this is just my own opinion, right? I believe that they have a romantic involvement, and I believe that the appearance of these two individuals and the heinous crime that they're being accused of would definitely hurt an agenda that is currently being produced on the American people right now. Oh man, what what do you think I'm about this? Stone? Okay you have to, kids. I'm not saying it's okay to give them the THC pens, but I'd be a lot more worried about what else was going on in in that house just by by looking at the two women. Like you said, it, it making an assumption here, but it looks like maybe some meth use. Yeah, I, like it, it, look, it looks like meth use to me too, Stone. I it, the, I grew up in a crazy trailer park that was full of tweakers that used to do tons of meth, and this they, they don't, d definitely both have meth face, and they have the little sores on their face when they sit there and get high and just fucking pick at their shit all fucking day and all that. This definitely reminds me of that too. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, it just makes me really, really sad. You know, because I just, yeah, same thing. I just think about the kid and how would you force them to hit a vape pen? Like, what is that? Like, if you're really claiming that you're trying to dose your child for a medical reason, like put some tincture in their pancake or something like what the heck? I'm willing to bet the kids, the kid, the kid was screaming. They couldn't figure out what they were all just high. They're like, oh, we just want the kid to shut up. Da, 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 da. Here, give him a gummy here. Have him hit the vape. That'll put him to sleep. I'm willing to bet that it's something like that that happened. No, I'm willing to bet that they thought it was cool to do it like a lot of dummies do. And clearly they're abusing themselves and they don't love themselves. And these type of people, if in fact they are guilty of this crime, should not be released into the public and should never be ever, ever, ever considered to be allowed around children again. Again, I think that it's our responsibility to make sure that we protect the children. And due to these persons' appearance and I believe their involvement, there is a lot that's not being told to us we don't even know if these if these women are even blood related to this child we don't know where this child even came from there is a lot that is not being disclosed here and that's even more troubling because um clearly i believe that this should have had a more in-depth reporting on it like this i'm just not used to this i'm not used to seeing someone abuse children and they don't really dig into the person's past you know people come up they interview parents it's just uh, the level of reporting yeah they'll talk to the not, neighbors to see if they've heard anything yeah, or seen anything like yeah and i just don't see anything on this because i went and i looked online to see other stuff and it's just not a lot on it and i believe that there's a lot that's not being said and i believe that's even more scary 100 question tony do we know do we know where this happened at like what state county any of that uh, it's in georgia it's in floyd county in georgia floyd county georgia well i can speak to why there's not more information on this uh being a former reporter if you read the story they took all this from an arrest report i don't think this reporter did one ounce of walking this neighborhood or talking to anybody they took it from whatever they got from the uh, daily police log and that's it this is just lazy reporting that's how it works. Mm, mm, Gretchen with the with the insight over here. I used to do that stuff all the time. Not that I was lazy, but you start with the police log, you well, can go from there. I mean, it I is national did that national further. day to be lazy today. I guess, huh, Gretchen? Mm-hmm. You would know best. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what the calendar I guess said. Because they're 
They're poor. Maybe this, maybe that's the reason why. Why I go talk to other poor people? We can just put it up there and put it out there. But I think that the child deserved a little bit more uh, information because then if, if there's, there could have been things that they were doing that other people are doing, and then maybe if you would just talk to the neighbors, and neighbors like, oh, we seen this, it was suspicious. Oh, we seen this, it was suspicious. Then if someone's seeing it, they'll be like, well, I'll be seeing someone do that too. Maybe I'll keep a closer eye out for it, you know, to you know to see, you know, on my end from what I'm saying. I just believe that again that the child. You know, it's just, this is bad, man. I just, I, well, I, you well, know, when I chose to take it today, I chose to take it thinking, you know, let me just go ahead and look into it. But when I looked into it and I didn't see nothing really on it, I was sitting there like, man, this is bad, man. Yeah. And, and at the same time too, Tony, there always is the possibility it was in Georgia. There could be possible that they have no neighbors, that they live in a very, very rural part of Georgia and they I have no too. neighbors around too. So that is a possibility. Oh, this is horrible. Uh, I seen uh, Dr. Felicia is in the audience today. Did she have a, a comment on this one? This is in her backyard. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen her put anything in the chat yet in regards to this story, but I have seen her post uh, on the previous story, but I have not seen her post anything as onto this one yet. But I was hoping that she would and at least maybe possibly give us a little bit of insight on, on this county overall. Well, yeah. all right. I got this little tool. It's called Google. Uh, Floyd County is just a little ways off from Atlanta. I'm guessing that these people, again, just took this from the morning police log. Uh, this story was posted this morning at 945. So I would expect you to see more of a follow-up um, and someone perhaps going out there to actually check this out later today. That would be my guess if they're going to follow up on this. But this is an Atlanta TV station. This is definitely out in the boonies uh, where this report is coming from. Out in the sticks. You ready, Rico? I think so, man. Our little technical difficulties over here. Show uh, taking up too much bandwidth over here, but um. Oh man, we got the internet mob because they found your house and they're about to shoot it up. Cartel always finds me, man. They always finding me. Is uh, is my mic a little better now? You sound perfect. All right, perfect. So um. And a game full of losers and trolls hanging up, hanging out under the bridge, smoking Delta 8 and a Delta 10 or whatever other derivatives you think of out in Austin, Texas. This guy hit the high road. Y'all know who it is. Coming in and bringing us home today, my man Stone Slade. Thank you, Rico. Thank you. Thank you. That's a Texas action going on today, man. You got to get your state together, bro. What's I can't I can barely hear you, Rico. I'm sorry. I said Texas Texas is on the wrong side of the news today, man. What's oh, going on, man. man? Aren't we? Hey, let me tell you something. There's no restaurants in Austin, Texas that won't serve you if you smell like cannabis. So bring it on down to Austin. Today, though, my story, Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia, an ongoing issue is causing major concern among medical pe- uh, cannabis patients. With nearly 30,000 patients already registered, the state health department reveals an alarming backlog that's left at least 500 patients waiting for access. Kim Scriba was one of these individuals left waiting. She relies on medical cannabis for her 24-year-old special needs son, Ryan, who once suffered up to 100 grand mal seizures a month. Scriba said that we started using cannabis oils and it cut that in half, but obtaining a medical cannabis card took her nearly four painstakingly months, taking months. She went on to say, it's enough to deal with every single day, 
but don't worry. But to worry about if we're going to be able to even get medicine, that's not right at all. So what's causing this delay? Dr. Lisa Pinckney, the president of True Leaf Dispensary in Marietta, which, by the way, is one of only five licensed dispensaries in the entire state of Georgia, sheds light on the process. The patient who believes they have one of the 17 conditions goes to one of their physicians deemed as a certifier. The physician then notarizes and uploads the paperwork to the Department of Public Health, initiating a wait for the card. Now, although they say that the wait time should ideally be two weeks, many have experienced backlogs extending up to four to six weeks, and in Kim Scriba's case, four months. Once that card is ready, it's then mailed to the nearest public health, uh, public health department for the patient to then drive and go pick up. Adds this, uh, to address this delay, Georgia's Department of Public Health is taking measures to expedite the process. Now, these measures include the introduction of a call center, daily card shipments, and the addition of more pickup locations, putting their efforts with technology somewhere around 1983. Now, while these initiatives might offer a glimmer of hope, the existing backlog remains a pressing, uh, pressing concern. Kim Scriba, who finally obtained her card, feels for others in her previous situation, stating, a lot of these people just don't realize just how quickly we need this card. Now, I got to say, four months obviously is ridiculous. Four to six weeks is also ridiculous. But even two weeks is already too long for people that are desperate in need of their medicine. It's 2023. Most things are digital. Why are you sending people's much needed but unnecessary government approval of their doctor's recommendation by snail mail. There's no reason for this process to take this long. I've said this before, these people, politicians, aren't taking cannabis seriously. Georgia and a lot of other states need to actually take cannabis serious as a safe and viable alternative treatment. Patients being prescribed opioids aren't waiting weeks to get their prescriptions. Making patients wait, some whom suffer daily, is simply inexcusable. I'm Stone Slade, reporting for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. This is crazy. Um, we we started dealing with uh, this when recommendations were first out 25 years ago. And they brought forth a, court, a card system in California in 2004. No one got them. So the physicians were able to give you this recommendation, and it was effective immediately. So to have the foot dragging along the way just tells me they continue to treat this like, oh, if a kid gets this or somebody gets this, this is you know, depleted uranium, and we got to be very, very careful. It's fucking stupid. Because you can go around the corner and a guy has a bag of weed for you, but when you got a sick kid, you do not know if it's the right stuff. And that's the struggle you have. Trying to hook somebody up with the right strain, where they can get it, get them so that they're semi-legal and not going to get arrested. It's hard enough when you're dealing with a kid, especially who's got serious problems. This, this just continues the ridiculousness this is going to kill somebody. It's not going to kill anybody. Just stop it. Agreed. Do, do, do you think, Dale, that this is just a, a kind of basically like a fake headline? It's not really expediting anything. They, they, if they wanted to, they could expedite this much, much faster. And just like you said, make it just a recommendation base. They could have every doctor who does recommendations hooked up with the state electronically. Hey, I just saw patient X, they have condition Y, I approve them, boom. They're in the database. Then you go to a dispensary and you're in the database. Why do you need the fucking card? I mean, not that I don't have cards myself, but you sh your phone should be able to say, I'm in the database, here it is. Like Stone said, we're not in the Freddie Flintstone days when they're, you know, the woodpeckers hitting the, you know, the, the piece of rock and they're gonna have somebody walk it over to you. No, this could be done that quickly.
if they wanted to. It's ridiculous. Gretchen, what do you think about this? I think Georgia sucks and needs to get their shit together. Georgia sucks. <laughs> Go dogs. Heather's laughing. <laughs> You go, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm digging up all this shit on Floyd County right now. Give me five minutes and I'll tell you what's going on with that story. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I don't know if we have five minutes left in the show. Can you be a little faster? No. <laughs> we can't, we can't, get, a, we can't get an expedite. Please. We can't get an expedited version of this. Well, My hey, money I, is on I, these chicks being sisters. Oh, you think you they're sisters? Back in the days, 20, 20 plus years ago, when I had people come to my office, CPS was taking their kid away. And we had to go do a court hearing and the headlines were all this, you know, this woman's, you know, poisoning their kid and all this stuff. And we went into court and we started pulling back some of the layers of bullshit here. And the judges were irritated. It's like, we got a sick kid here. And so there's there's potentially some room here that um, despite the tweaker face that maybe you've got a sick kid here. I don't know. Um, there's not enough information, but I've had headlines of follow a kid into my office and had to go to court with them. And the judge was horrified. Why in the f was anybody trying to take this kid away? Or there's a, the police involved. We had a kid with a serious disorder. Cannabis helped him. And mom should be applauded. So there's oh, other sides of this. That's, a, that's an interesting twist right there, Dale. See what you did there, Dale. That's an interesting plot twist right there. Well, but what I what we have here are allegations, and they're they're sensational allegations, and I've dealt with them before. You know, the cops are following you, the DA's calling you. You got all these issues. It turns out that we've got a family that's got a kid that's really fucked up, and they find out, hey, if I give them this, it works, okay? And maybe they don't even have that sophistication. They're just having some kid try shit. I don't know. I've also seen people who are just scandalous motherfuckers and should have their kids taken away. So there's all sorts of sides here to this, but you know the sensationalism will catch you. And I just want to remind you, the cat and the laser light. Be careful chasing that laser light. Because oh, it could yeah. turn out to be something else. All of a sudden, you never know you'll be running into a wall. Mm. And whoever's got the laser lights laughing their ass off. Yeah, you. they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. That is for sure. That is for sure. Um, well, I guess Gretchen, you're gonna you're gonna uh, let us know what's going on with this story tomorrow, or what's, what's I'll keep an eye on it. I'm think I don't think these women are related to the child at all. Really? So they were like they, they were like babysitters club. I think I I'm not gonna you know suggest things, but I'm thinking trailer park situation, neighbor mm -hmm. kid, because none of the charges are, are say anything about taking the kid away from these people. Got uh, it. So I don't think it was their kid to begin with. Interesting. Maybe they had some good booth. They bought that baby cash. I mean, you know, they bought that baby cash. I mean, I definitely have oh, seen man. some stuff like this in the trailer park I grew up in. I will say that that trailer park was gnarly. And on that, mm -hmm. we're at the top of the hour, folks. Uh, thank you all for joining us for today's episode of High Nine News. You can catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting the comments live on the big screen and the live audience and the online supporters, catching us across all media platforms, tuning in for the conversations of chaos that we talk about daily. To our vetted correspondents, tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety perspective and your respected opinions to the table. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and all our sponsors keeping the headlines coming and the lights on and um i gotta talk to spectrum because you know i got a fiber over here and it ain't messing my day up spectrum has and, fiber uh, too <laughs> what's that spectrum has fiber too 
they just they, they just charge an arm and a leg for it. Yes. <laughs> and always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the High Nine News team reads these headlines daily. Thank you. It has been Thursday, August 10th. Yes, it is still Leo season, Jason. The show is over. You've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Rochelle Gordon, you got the outro today. What you got for us, man? If you're coming to Outside Lands in San Francisco this weekend, come say what's up. We'll be in the Grasslands area and uh, keep the vibes high no matter where you are. Yes, indeed.